is a game of telephone, twisting with each telling, twisting and warping until it's just another story. The only way to know it, truly, is to have been there. Even that's sometimes up for debate. Like any other story, history is powerful and beautiful and important. Like any other story, it is completely ephemeral. When next you tell the story, it'll change again. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm your host, King Cat, and I'm fundamentally unknowable. Hi, Cat. Hi, Kirsten. And I'm all too noble. <laughs> you can see what I'm doing from miles away. Pretty, uh, pretty predictable. No, you've got a brand, that's for sure. Speaking of people who have a brand, Nick is with us. Hi, everybody. I have a brand, too, I guess. I mean... No, I very obviously have a brand. You mostly hear it come out on our Cat's Cradles where I talk a lot about wrestling and other dumb bullshit like that. You do like wrestling. Oh, and there's bugs and robots. Yeah, yeah they absolutely. show up, too. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Speaking of things and people there's nothing wrong with, Kathleen is here. I'm going to return on that unknowable thing. I'm feeling kind of geodesically incomplete lately. Oh, yeah. But can you find fault with the unknowable? Hmm. Or is a fault a measure of knowing? I don't know. It sounds like that to me. There you go. There you go. Equally mysterious in his own mysterious way, our special guest Bill is here. I thought you were just going to say it's my fault. It's not your fault, is it? Hey, Bill, is it your fault? Oh, I, yeah. I. So I fell down a water slide, and it, at the bottom of it was a big Rube Goldberg machine that caused all this stuff to happen, so. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, guys. So, um, Bill, why do you blame yourself instead of the person who put the Rube Goldberg machine at the bottom of a water slide? Because that's the same person. Okay. All right. No. <laughs> It's my water slide. Should have led with that. With us as a guest, a man with his own water slide. <laughs> that is a pretty good yeah. introduction. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party went into the darkness of the jungle surrounding Hushwave City in the hope of finding a grove of violet bat bells a flower that blooms only once every 20 years. Its pollen is profoundly hallucinogenic, and it's in high demand, both by neurological researchers and historians and people looking to party. Don't worry about it. And according to their intel, there is a whole field of these flowers near a village that was demolished by a volcanic eruption. And in the hopes of getting there before anyone else, the party went out at night and ended up fighting a horror. Thanks to some quick thinking by our friend Cecile and I'm going to say Tissa, <laughs> the party managed to defeat the horror. <laughs> Everyone contributed. Everyone contributed. Just, I, I forgot. 
So I took a stab in the dark. <laughs> Tissa was the one who struck the killing blow, I believe. Yeah, oh, Tissa yeah. took the stab in the dark. Oh, yeah. And Cecile did tee it up for her. Yeah, there you go. Cecile with the assist. Kat, you were right on purpose. Wow, I was right on purpose. All right. Feels good. Feels good. (laughs) So now that the party has finished this fight, they find themselves standing in bright moonlight on a great dark lava plane. Cobb obviously gives Tissa a big hug and says, thank you, and probably only stops when Tissa shows that she is visibly uncomfortable. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, um. Is everyone all right? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing actually just fine, thanks to our uh, thanks to our hero over here. And Cobb kind of pats Tissa on the shoulder and says, "See, I told you, heroes wear yellow scarves." <laughs> uh, it's hot here. How are you? Directed to Cecile. Oh, <laughs> uh, fine. No worse for wear, I suppose. Um, we should keep moving. This is clearly an exposed area. Mm. So, which way were we going? Um, this is going to roll. Understanding navigation. Two successes, one edge. Two successes on understanding navigation is going to tell you that the place that you're headed is further up the lava plains, a little bit more to the north. Well, at least there's less bugs here. Mm. I guess there's nothing for them to live in. Like you were saying, it's exposed. I would like to roll, uh, if I want to look for bats, sensitivity survival. Yeah. Um, three successes. Wow. Yeah, three successes will tell you that actually, now that you know what to look for, because you've seen one a little bit closer, there's a bunch of them along the edge of the jungle. Again, most of them headed northward. I'll point the button, I'll look back to Cobb. We fine with the bugs. We would do best to stay along the side of these planes to hug the jungle as best we can. Well, fair enough. I was going to say I would like to... Seeing as it's actually dark out and this place isn't radiating heat, it's probably a good idea to move along the lava plains at night because we can see better. Mm-hmm. Cobb motions to the fact that they are currently not covered in trees and stuff and that I'm assuming that the lava plains are somewhat reflective. Yes, the uh, the stone on the ground is slightly reflective and you can see the blue moonlight glinting off its surface. Well, I leave the choice to you, Captain. Well, let's follow as close as we can to the jungle then, but uh, let's stay out here. It'll be easier to spot uh, additional friends, shall we say. Okay, so can I get sensitivity rolls from everybody, please? Sure. Um, I think Penelope's going to roll sensitivity survival. Okay. Cobb is going to do sensitivity tracking and follow the bats. Tissa is also tracking the bats by rolling sensitivity tracking and is maybe like exchanging 
points and excited glances with Cobb. Cobb exchanges two excited edge successes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to roll uh, sensitivity, survival, and I am going to be trying to best navigate like as close to the edge of the jungle as possible and looking out for like cracks or, I don't know, uh, loose dangerous weak points in the plains. Okay. Great. Uh, two successes and an edge. Two successes will be tons. I will tell Cecile so many things. Hey, Nick, if you keep those two edge successes, you're only going to be looking upward. Honestly, that kind of sounds like something Cobb would do. Okay. How many successes did Penelope get? Um, two successes to keep an eye out for dangers. Okay. What about Tessa? Two. Two. On sensitivity tracking. So, Cobb and Tissa notice that there are these bright, white, fluffy bats that are flying around. It's not like they're in an organized flock like birds would have, but they're flying around together as a group, and they're all pretty much headed in the same direction. They've got big ruffs like a palumu has. Hmm. Except littler. <laughs> I, I would certainly hope they weren't palumu-sized. That would be a very large bat. <laughs> I just love that movement. What Cecile and Penelope notice is that there are bits of stone sticking up out of the ground. They look like walls had once been here. Cobb trips. Cobb trips and falls down. Cobb. I'm okay. I'm fine. He should have been watching where he was going, but he didn't. I wasn't paying attention. Thank you. He chose not to. Cub, are you okay? I think the only thing that's hurt is my pride. You should really be more careful. These rocks are very slippery and sharp. Mm, that is a good point. I should be more careful. Another thing Cecile notices, because I'm not allowed to make him roll for this, is a scent of pollen on the air. Cat, how t the walls that we see there, like, all that's left is trip-overable height? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Except when you get to the jungle, now that you know to look for it, there are actually, like, ruined buildings that have been swallowed by jungle here. Okay. I think I'm just entranced by this, like, looking around and wander off as the tripping happens. Hmm. <laughs> and get, I don't know, to loud, loud voice distance uh, from the group and have to, like, shout over to them, Does anyone else smell that? No. I don't smell anything. Why are you on the ground? And I start to walk back over to them. <laughs> I, it's it's a long story, and by that I mean I fell over. Mm. <laughs> Read <That's>... it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what do you, what are you smelling? I don't smell anything other than dust and cob. Kind of, sort of half blows his nose. And volcano. Scent. <clears throat> Pollen is best I can tell. It's um can I get a directional smell, cat? Oh yeah. Hmm? Yeah, yeah isn't ahead. isn't the pollen psychoactive? Should we be in should we 
should we be suiting up for this or I guess scarfing up for this? That sounds <laughs> just put your th- just just put the thing on. Yeah, we should put on our scarves here and Penelope passes out some scarves. Yeah, I pull mine up. Tissa not to be left out ties a scarf around everything else. <laughs> Additionally, Captain, if I can point you to the jungle. And I want to like start walking back over to where I saw the like much more formed homes and I'd like to roll a sensitivity fashion to see um, if there is anything, like if I recognize uh, either the style of building or any like uh, ornamentation or anything that's remained as like uh, a culture that I would recognize. Yeah, absolutely. And that is one success and one edge. A success will do it because these are, Actually, fairly modern buildings. You'd wager they've probably been here maybe 10, 20 years at the most. These don't seem particularly old. Oh. Not nearly as much as the state they're in. Hmm. I suppose the lava would just... Yeah. Quite so. Uh, I just want to kick at a wall and see how loose it is in the uh, in the lava plane. Oh, yeah. On, on the lava plane, you can actually, like, kick it and a stone will come loose and clatter onto the ground. Okay, cool. I'm going to then kick that off and just take a stone from it and pop it just in a pocket. Okay. Oh, there are more of them into the jungle. Seems like quite a bit and they're in much better condition. Hmm. How long between blooms did you say these flowers last? Could this be some sort of, I guess, observational place? Typically 20 years. Oh, maybe they were. Let's take a look then. And I, uh, I'll try not to fall over this time. Well, it was good because you missed the sharp ones. Mm. That is, that is good. (laughs) Now that you are closer to them, you can hear the chittering of the bats and the clumsy flumpering of their wings. Sizable, fluffy white bats, chirping at each other, flying around in big, lazy circles, eating whatever minute swarms of insects they can get their hands on, and making their way past these ruins a little bit deeper into the jungle. Cobb is going to uh, get the lantern out. Okay. Now that we are back in, back in jungle town. Once you step back into the jungle, the air thickens. As all the moisture is trapped by enormous broad waxy leaves that loom over your path in every direction. The air smells of flowers and of fruit and of soil and dirt and everything. The smells in the jungle are so intense. You can't take a step without something brushing against you. Usually a vine or a falling leaf. These leaves are enormous. You look up and see big, broad, waxy sheets 
of plant matter, at least a tissa and a half long. And then you break out into a field. Unexpectedly, there is a clearing in this dense jungle. And everywhere you look, there are flowers. They hang off stems at least a cob in height, each of them big enough to put your head into. Elegant bell-shaped flowers streaked with violet on the outside and bright white inside. The moon is filtered here through hazy air. You can't really clearly see the other side of the clearing. And you see these big fluffy bats. They, they land on a stalk which jiggles under their weight. They crawl around on and into the flowers. For what purpose? It's hard to say. Bats are mysterious. Huh. I thought they weren't supposed to be cultivated. Well, maybe they were at some point. Or at least somebody tried, and it looks like they both succeeded and failed at the same time. Still regrowing with this uh, amount. It's, it's incredible. I've, in my life, never seen more than one in the same area. I wonder how long they've been here to get this big. Huh. Field this size. Well, we've encountered more than one noble demon out this way, so let's let's make sure we're not stepping on anybody's toes. As Cobb is like kind of patting down his little scarf with water. It's a good idea. There are so many sounds at night in the jungle. There's not much of a wind. The sky is clear. But you can still hear every little movement the densely growing trees make against one another. You can hear the soft whisper of the leaves of these enormous flowers as they play their music in the slight breeze. Insects scream at one another for whatever inscrutable reasons insects have for doing the things they do. No one knows. No, I think it's impossible to know why insects do the things they do. They're like dogs and ghosts. They just do it arbitrarily. They are like dogs and ghosts. You're not wrong. I'm glad my sister doesn't listen to this podcast. She'd absolutely kick my ass. She would correct you that it's not screaming, it's stridulation. <laughs> <laughs> Stridulation. Look, the, the man's not wrong on multiple levels. <laughs> on multiple <laughs> levels, Nick is correct right now. But you also hear something else. You hear a voice. Are, are they the, calling out to us or are they just like singing? They're just kind of muttering. Mm. It is difficult to hear under the sounds of the jungle and the... The noises of the insects, the inscrutable sounds of nature. Can we tell how far away the voice is? Mm, pretty close. Bill, you were trying to get my attention. What's up? 
Do we see a voice source? You do not. Okay. Tissa rolled so many dice on sensitivity spirits plus compulsion since Cobb mentioned a noble demon and got three successes, an edge, and a four. Oh, so many successes. Yeah. Well, Tissa is very, very good at roles that have to deal with the supernatural. Mm -hmm. This one doesn't. To Tissa's ears, Mm -hmm. this sounds like a human voice. Oh, it's a person. That's good. Uh, uh, Penelope is going to head in the direction where the person is. I have not visually. You have to. Oh, you do not have a visual. Oh, okay. Um, I've presented you with a disembodied voice. I've given you no indicators as to where the person might be. Maybe they're just a recording. <laughs> there's, but there's. Is there a, a source of the sound that Penelope can follow with her ears? Yeah, yeah. Like towards the. the ah, voice. you're going to look for the person. Yeah. If you're going to head out, Penelope, at least at least take the lantern with you. Okay, I will. And Penelope takes the lantern. And if you are uh, going to go look for this person, we should probably come with you. Let's go, everybody. All right. And mm, Penelope okay. takes the lantern and leads the party on the search for the person. Taking a look. Where are we looking? As they say in the business, stick together, team. They say that in lots of businesses. They do, including this one. Including this one. Walked directly into that one. Fell face first on the ground. No, that's my shtick. You can't have it. (laughs) (sighs) So now my question is, where are you looking and what are you doing? So I think Penelope is going to find like a really tall tree and climb it to get a better view. um, See over the jungle. Uh... An athletics role? Daring athletics? Okay. I like this for two reasons. The first reason is, that's pretty clever. Good job. Second reason is, you're the one character who can fly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I always forget that. P- Penelope, let me, give you a, a, let me give you a hand. Don't drop the lantern and set the forest on fire. Come here. All right. Kirsten is very excited. She just wants to go, you know, go to uh, music shows out in the woods again. She's getting into it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And two successes on Daring Athletics. So uh, two successes will absolutely get you up a tree and get you a better vantage point. As you climb this tree, you hear a stamping of cloven hooves and an irritated snort. Penelope says, hey, Polly, and gives a little wave. Did you just climb a tree and then wave and shout, hey, Polly, from the tree? I mean, yeah. (laughs) Bob just kind of looks at Polly and goes, she does what she wants. (laughs) Yeah, and Polly does, like, look at Cobb, looks at Tissa. She can't say anything because she's a cloud elk, but you you get the distinct impression that she's annoyed. (laughs) But... Yeah, from up there, you can see that there is a figure huddled in one of the ruined buildings. Can I tell how far away the person is? 
Not very. Uh, back away from the flowers into the jungle a ways, but not that far. Okay. Um, Penelope tries to point like the party in the direction to where the person is, um, where the person is huddled up. Actually, Penelope has the lantern. She can just shine the lantern over to where they are. Oh, yeah. We can follow a spotlight. Penelope, yeah. like, points the direction, and she's going to climb down to come back to the others. So Penelope gets down. I'd like to make a uh, subtlety athletics for not just sneaking, but sneaking to get around to what I see is a dark spot within the building to try to stay out of the line of sight or sound of this person. Yeah. This individual. Yeah, okay. So that's going to be a subtlety roll. One success, one edge. Oh, one success, one edge. Um, Well, Cobb will help you by creating a distraction and rolling daring humanity to basically try and get this person's attention. Yeah, okay. It's not going to take more than one edge success if Cobb is cobbing at them. (laughs) So... You see a person inside this building dressed in sturdy traveling clothes, heavy boots, pants and long sleeves. So clearly someone who knows where they're going. They have long hair tied up away from their face and they are clutching at their knees and staring into the middle distance and occasionally crying out. Um, Penelope's going to try to check on them, see maybe this is like a reaction to the pollen, um, understanding medicine. Uh, I got two successes and an edge for, for a medicine role. It's not going to be easy for Penelope to diagnose this because I don't think Penelope has a background in drugs. However, I'll give it to you for three, but you are going to advance on them and startle them. Okay. I mean, Cobb is already making a bunch of noise to try not to do that, but... I think... I think Penelope isn't trying to be stealthy. She just like walk up and call out hello as she approaches. And yeah, uh, at Penelope's approach, they like jump like visibly and start feeling around on their belt. And you hear just like, no, 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 no. Penelope puts her hands up and and just stops and just says, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, we're not here to, to do anything. We're, we're just here to help. It's okay. And they look past you with wide, dilated eyes. And then they fixate on the, uh, Cobb has the lantern now, right? Yes. They kind of like start staring at Cobb in the lantern. Um, Penelope kind of looks and is like, is that too bright? We can turn it down and kind of motions to turn the lantern down a bit. And Cobb will slowly close the, not the lid, but the the face of the lantern. The face, yeah, the hood. Yeah, there, the hood, that's the word I was looking for. Uh... Here, it's it's probably been a while since you've had some water. And Penelope slowly passes her canteen to them. This will help you feel a little bit better. She just kind of calmly puts it towards them. What's a... And eventually they they reach out with both hands. They grasp at air. 
they grasp at air, and then they finally get the canteen. And they raise the canteen to their lips, and they hit themselves in the cheek. (laughs) (laughs) Cobb kind of crouches down to look smaller because he's probably very intimidating. He's, He's a huge boy. And he just kind of, like, quietly pokes Penelope. Why don't you use that gift that Theo gave you? Oh, yeah. Maybe we can clear their mind? Yeah, I I was thinking spells, like good old-fashioned spell stuffs, but that'd probably work better. Good old-fashioned spell stuff. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm rolling the little jar of what I believe to be, like, anti-hallucinogenic just around in my hand in my pocket. Okay. Oh, yeah, you've got that thing, too. Yep. We're pretty sure he's got that thing. <laughs> oh, oh tis, I, I think we need a scarf for our friend. Can we borrow? Um, I, I um, have spares. Don't worry maybe? about it, Tissa. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Won't do much good if it's already taken hold. Well, that's why. Penelope, if you would. Um, do we... F- Fill the chalice with water? Well, so the, th- the thing that you have is both a cleansing liquid and also a spell piece. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. So I will, I will leave it up to Penelope how she wishes to use it. Eventually the stranger does find their lips with the canteen. Tips it all the way back and, I mean, they get some on their nose, but... Most of it in their mouth. A little bit up their nose, too. It's rough. I hate that feeling. Yeah, they start snorting. Yeah. Did Cecile ever tell us about the that he brought the antidote? I don't believe Cecile mentioned it. I don't think I did. Yeah. Oh. I think um, I think Penelope will cast a spell with the chalice. What, what are the spell pieces here? So the spell pieces in this area are blooming, forgotten, bright, bat, waiting, and light. There is an additional spell piece which you can roll to discover, should you so choose. Otissa knows what it is. Otissa knows what it is? Yeah, that's, uh, it's all sixes on this roll. So powerful at this. This is the first time I've made you roll for this in a very long time, and I like that you were immediately on it. You said sensitivity? Yeah. <laughs> Three edges. <laughs> if you keep the edge successes, I will tell you what this word is. However, I think I'm just gonna take some scatter from you. I think I'm just Ow. gonna make you make you scatter. Just two? Uh, I'm already hurting. Yeah, whatever. I'll do it. Okay. The hidden spell piece in this area is wind. I think Penelope is going to cast Cleansing Blooming to help sober up our friend. Okay. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me what Cleansing Blooming looks like. So beautiful, deep blue fractals appear at the start at the edge of the flask. And they begin to, like, grow larger and larger and spiral until they fill the flask. 
And then the entire container is filled with this like swirling deep blue fractals that eventually spill out and envelop our stoned friend and um, bring their back clarity to their mind. You really do miss music festivals, hey, bud? I really do so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too, buddy. Me too. (laughs) And yeah, the first thing that you notice is that they physically relax. And like they close their eyes for a minute. And when they open their eyes again, their eyes are clear and confused, but not terrified. Hi. And they uh, they focus first on the canteen that they're holding, and then on the invisible chalice you're holding, and then on you. Hi, uh, I'm Penelope. You're, you're safe here. Are, are you feeling better? You, you should have some, some more water. It's probably been a while since you've had anything to drink. And motions to Cobb for another canteen. Yeah, Cobb's going to hand over the uh, the spare. Oh, uh, th- thanks. Thanks. Uh, sorry, I'm a little, I'm a little confused. Where am I? You're at the Bad Bell Garden. Right, the, I remember now. I, I found the, the Rathamus. A whole lot of specimens. And then, uh. I'm glad we found you. Because it's definitely dangerous to be out here the big bloom this year. This. This couple decades. Ugh. I didn't even think it would be airborne. Ugh. <sighs> My name's Canil. I, uh, I'm a historian from the Hushwave City Academy of Arts and Sciences. Uh, and they dust themselves off, but don't really get up. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you, Penelope. Thanks for your help. I don't know what would have happened. Oh. As well, pleasure to meet you. I'm glad we found you. It's definitely dangerous to be out here with such a big bloom by yourself. <laughs> yeah. It was more like, this is Cecile, who I believe is still hiding. <laughs> no, I've, I've sort of... <laughs> Emerged. I think when Penelope was just like bounding over there, I kind of gave up on that plan. <laughs> <laughs> she does ruin stealth plans. Yeah, Tissa has been waiting outside the whole time and is kind of muttering to herself, like, what would have happened? Um, um, yeah, uh, water would have been a big problem, huh? A big problem. Yeah, you're going to sit here and dehydrate. Uh, oh. Nice to meet you. I'm Jonathan Cobbler. A pleasure, pleasure to meet you. What what brought you out here? Sorry, I was. Well, we've been researching an old coming of age ritual that used to be held, uh, used to be held here on the coast. Uh, the procedures are largely a matter of speculation, but. Uh, in order to try and recreate it, we needed bat bell pollen. So I went out to, and again, they, they shake their head. Ugh, should have been more careful. Didn't think there'd be this much. Mm. Did you come out here alone? Y- yeah. Yeah, I did. It's- Gutsy. 
Yeah, there are horrors on the lava plains. Oh, it was day when I set out. Middle of the day. Oh, you've been here for a little while then, haven't you? Maybe. What time is it? Yeah, water would have been a problem. Close to or after midnight. My head is pounding. Yeah, that sounds like dehydration. And Cobb hands over uh, one of the other canteens that he brought along. They they nod and accept it. Did you bring any any food with you? Ham. <laughs> Does Penelope still have the ham? Yep. <laughs> Cobb didn't take it away from her, so. Penelope packs her pockets. Yep. <laughs> At, we, we've been out in the heat all day. It's probably not good anymore, Penelope. Mm, I mean,. Shouldn't be too, too bad. The ham? <laughs> yeah, you're saying you're biting into individually peeled ham? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So you have, you have a citrus fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I have something like oranges uh, in my pocket. Okay. Oh, okay. The citrus fruit is fine. The meat, I don't think, is. Actually, the meat's fine. It's salted, like it's ham, like it's cured. Oh, okay. <laughs> then, yeah, then the meat is probably also fine. One night out. Also, like, the salt's probably not an awful idea for this person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what is ham if not the Gatorade of the wilds? <laughs> mm-hmm. Nature's Gatorade. <laughs> Actually, we haven't brought this up for a while. Cobb does have his gross pirate energy drink. (laughs) He's got his switchel. He's got his switchel. This is canon. It's a little bit of a callback, but uh, (laughs) we'll say that Cobb handed them the switchel canteen. Uh, Drink up. It'll get you back to where you need to be. They wince visibly at the taste of it. (laughs) Actually, it's not that bad. Um... So, Bill and any listeners who weren't with us for season one, early in season one, Nick developed what I would call a preoccupation with a piratical energy drink called Switchel, which was made of water, vinegar, molasses. molasses. And like salt and some other things. Salt and like lemon juice? Yeah, I think lemon juice. I think there was lemon juice in it? In the one we made, there was. Yeah, we actually made it when we all got together. Oh, no. And it didn't taste as bad as I thought it was going to. (laughs) But Nick forgot about it for a while. And so did I, frankly. And now I'm being punished. (laughs) We might have forgotten about it, but Cobb didn't. (laughs) Cobb didn't. Powdered ginger. That was what was was in it. Powdered ginger. Because we had to go hunting for that. Yeah. So Knill takes a drink of the Switchel and blinks startled at its unusual taste. It's a bit of an acquired taste, but you'll get used to it. Yeah, and after a couple sips, they seem to have got used to it. They no longer wince at the taste. They still haven't got up from the floor of the ruins yet, but 
first things first. Maybe that's what the Weirdum Root is for. They mutter to themselves and pull a set of notes out of their pocket. There is a knife strapped to one of their thighs, which is probably what they were groping for when they were groping around on their belt. You could put knives on your thighs, too. That's right. (laughs) Penelope looks on in wide-eyed amazement. This is amazing. And they pull out their notes and just... Maybe some of the other aspects of the ceremony weren't just ceremonial, but they were meant to, I don't know, make the effects easier to swallow. There's nothing in the old papers that even resembled that. Maybe you should take it easy for a bit. You did just come down from a lot. Maybe getting right back to work isn't the, the best thing to do just yet. Well, I don't know. Sometimes you feel like you have to remember things right now because they're really important because they're going to go away. Well, if you have to, you have to. Yeah. And they open the book and start writing. Um, Cecile, Weirdum Root is at least one of the components of the uh, antidote that you've brought. Awesome. We might be okay, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, while our new friend collects themselves and remembers things, uh, shall we collect some of the pollen, Cecile? We're here, you might as well. I think that's a terrific idea. I do want to know how you, um, and he looks back at uh, Keniel, came to find yourself knowing this was here. I... Didn't I? Uh, there was an old text talking about uh, a village where they used to grow them, but it was further up the mountain. I was headed that way. I guess we've all just kind of stumbled upon this then. A thing like that. And I'm suspicious, but not going to do anything with it. And yeah, I'll, I, I want to, I guess, walk back out with Cobb and I guess just start taking like <laughs> my glove to the inside of some of the bat bells and just like trying to wipe it some pollen and then yeah. scoop it into, uh, uh, I don't know, I would imagine I have like a, a jar or a satchel or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've probably brought a jar. That would be a sensible yeah. thing to do. Nice, <laughs> sturdy apothecary jar. Well, Cecile and Cobb are doing their collecting. And Penelope is tending to Canil. Hey, Tissa. Mm-hmm. Can I get a sensitivity roll, please? One success and a four on sensitivity focus. I'm going to need two successes from you. All right. Let's add a scatter to the assist pool. That's very good for a couple reasons. One of them is because uh, you've gained a scatter, so you can demand additional information from me. This is true. Hey, Tessa, the wind is changing. Oh. There's a big wind coming down the mountain now. Hmm. And as you look through the hazy atmosphere, you see it beginning to stir and drift. As a great cloud of pollen starts to move southward. Oh, dear. Hey, gang, I think it's memory time. 
think my memory is just the idea of being in the forest with like friends and I want festivals so bad. (laughs) 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 So my memory is both being in the forest with friends in game and in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, buddy. Me too. That's very sweet. I think my memory is the return of Switchel. <laughs> the triumphant return of Switchel. That that should be the name of the episode. <laughs> the last thing in the world I saw coming. The last thing in the world I anticipated in that moment. I mean, you probably should have because, I mean, you've been to stuff in the woods before. Don't you keep Gatorade or Pedialyte or something on you? Mostly I uh, just drink lots of water. But you always, always prepare like fanciful camping foods and stuff too i do prepare a lot of fanciful camping foods you're not wrong todd prepares fanciful energy drinks <laughs> God, hideous i my memory is <laughs> penelope climbing the tree <laughs> waving hello and then shining a light at someone who's clearly having a breakdown <laughs> <laughs> That was very, very, very fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed Canil like, getting mothed out a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit there. <laughs> so thank you all for playing with me tonight, everybody. It was lovely. Yeah, it was a good time. Thank you. Yeah. We got to go to the forest. We do have to go to the forest. Oh, I love forest. I know, buddy. I know, but we got to record a podcast, buddy. I like podcasts too. Podcast is... Record the podcast in the forest. Can we po- oh. oh. Nick, why did you have to say that? <laughs> podcast in a forest. We'll have to figure that one out. Oh, Nick. <laughs> now it's stuck. <laughs> so, hey, listener, if you would like to podcast in a forest... <laughs> If you've got four or more, like, Lavalier mics and, like, a Zoom or something. Yeah. You can do it. Just do a do a podcast in the forest. Tell me about it. I want to hear about it. And where can they tell us about their forest podcast adventures? They can tell us about their podcast forest adventures on Twitter at PeachGardenRPGs. Or by email using the form at sortofsymphonies.com. They could also hit us up on Discord in one of two places. Either the Be Gay Roll Dice Network Discord, where you can also meet our very cool network siblings. Or the Heroic Discord, where you can come and play Heroic Chord with us and be part of our open playtest. You can find links to both of those if you hit us up on Twitter. Speaking of playing games and it being the time, I have a very important question for you, listener. Did you come here to make friends? I didn't think so. Right now, I hope, if I'm doing the math, (laughs) (laughs) I Came Here to Win is live on Kickstarter. We are raising funds for a brand new edition of our very favorite party game, So if you want to chip in, get a physical copy or a sticker or something and show your friends the true meaning of competition. Get really aggressive with the people you love. 
gather them together and then inform them that you didn't come here to make friends and flip the table over. Mm -hmm. All of these things are possible when you back I came here to win on Kickstarter. Um, my next question is, what about Bill? Hey. Hey. I've, I'm not online. I, I don't have it yet. They haven't given it to me yet, so. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, you can find me uh, along with Kat, along with other folks on Tales from the Tabletop, TFTT underscore presents on Twitter and YouTube and tfttpresents.com for all the shows and stuff that we're doing, including Hot Dog Party. Including Hot Dog Party. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Sounds like a party. You know, I made canned hot dogs for camping once. Mm-hmm. I remember. I miss camp. Okay, no. Okay, <laughs> I think I think we have to go now, listener, before it gets too bad. Bye, everybody. Yeah, bye, bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Be gay. Roll Dice! An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. What does a barbarian war criminal, an undead cultist, a pyromaniac goblin, a hot topic reject, and a bard whose family is very, very cursed all have in common? Well, that's very simple. They're all our main cast. We are Goblets and Gays, a mostly Pathfinder 2E podcast set in a homebrew world. If Pathfinder isn't your thing, we have all sorts of other awesome games for you to enjoy. Join us every Wednesday for episodes of our main campaign, Blood of Kings, as these chaotic gays attempt to locate some missing royalty. Don't forget to follow us on all social media channels at Goblets and Gays to stay up to date with our amazing projects. And remember to eat your vegetables.